When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, Adam Ray here, walking onto an elevator to tell you about today's brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast. Ooh, it's a doozy, baby. First of all, I hope you're having a great start to your week. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, I was doing shows in Dallas, Fort Worth. Ooh, Fort Worth, not Dallas. There's actually a big difference. They tell you that. They were like, Fort Worth is not Dallas. Things are a little bit different in Dallas. And then you're like, why? Because they're all hat and no cattle, which means they're... I think rich and they fake it until they make it. Their dicks are small, their nipples are big. Look, today's episode, um, Matt Reif is on the show. Matt Reif, TikTok sensation, stand-up comic, hunk, uh, girls love him, guys wanna be him. And he's on today's show, and it's a banger of an app. He's got a new special out, Matthew Stephen Reif, on his YouTube page. Uh, his first special, OnlyFans, is also on his YouTube page, and it's hilarious. The guy's a great kid, I've known him since he started at 14 and uh, gave him some shitty advice, and we talk about that and a lot of other stuff. And he's a great uh, dude and a, and a great comic, and he's crushing it. I'm sure you know who he is. My sister was like, he's gonna be on the podcast? I was like, yeah, it's easy. Um, but uh, he's on tour right now. I think mattreif.com for tickets, Matt Reif on Instagram and Twitter, and TikTok, of course. Follow me, Adam Ray Comedy, on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Um, when this comes out, I will be with the Impractical Jokers this week. Ooh, Seattle Climate Pledge, April 7th. Um, with the Impractical Jokers, and then April 8th, uh, two shows at Keller Auditorium in Portland, Oregon with the Impractical Jokers, and then I'm gonna do another Paul Feig movie in Atlanta, and then Austin uh, for Moon Tower, April 19th through the 22nd. Um, I'll be at Joe Rogan's Comedy Club with Harlan Williams, uh, April 14th through the 16th, which that'll be a blast. And then uh, Atlanta, Punchline, May 18th through the 20th. Uh, Palm Beach, Florida, The Improv, May 26th through the 28th. All those tickets at adamraycomedy.com. And, uh, and we got some other special announcements coming, so stay tuned, baby. A lot of fun episodes coming your way as well, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast right here. Click subs- Somebody just, I think just died in the apartment next to me. Um, subscribe to the podcast, of course, on Spotify and YouTube as well, or iTunes, wherever the fuck you want to do it. And, uh, and go watch my, um, my new clips that I'm putting up. Dallas, we got so many clips coming from this weekend, coming your way on this uh, YouTube thing. Under Adam Ray. Fuck. All right, let's just start the show. Enjoy Matt Reif. Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. Welcome back to the show. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Matt Reif here. You guys might know him. You might have masturbated to him. I know my mom has. I don't know if moms are your, I think your your female audience is spanning the gamut. By the way, do you want to wear the cans or no? Headphones? I, I don't need them. I don't need Does them. Sound I'm good. okay? Yeah, we're good? Yeah. Um, your voice, there's even like an upswing in your voice. Remember yeah? the last time I talked to you, I was like, yeah, I'm Matt Reif, and yeah, I just hope to sell a theater someday. And now, well, at that time I was just trying not to sell my body. And so <laughs> now, so now, now tickets are finally moving. I get some confidence to me, it's bro. Great. There is a pep in your step, though. Thanks, man. Do you feel it? A little bit. I mean, um, you haven't changed. I just was talking about this. Sorry to cut you off, no. but I want to throw a compliment your way with uh, to Sandy Danto, and he goes, "Dude, I, he goes, I love that guy." And I go, yeah, "I'm about to have him on the pod," and and he goes, he goes, I, he goes, "It's so crazy, you know, when anybody in this business when they get a that you've known mm-hmm. to see the." Um, the, I guess the uh, not the change because this is what I'm getting at is you are the same dude to me and you're you're just things happen but when you get stronger and undeniable on stage then people start to take notice and then obviously other factors social media the way that you've just promoted and marketed mm-hmm. yourself but we both just um, agreed of like it's great that like you always want to be happy for someone's success mm-hmm. but you want it to be genuine of you don't want to have it come from a like I need to feel good for that person for just mm-hmm. karmic 
reasons. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. And, and thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Yeah. Sandy Danto was great. Uh, so do you, do you, I guess that was my question, do you feel like now when you go on stage, obviously there's a, a giant roar of applause um, that maybe wasn't there before, it's but. So, it, dude, it's so weird. Like, I'm I'm not used to it yeah. at all. It yeah. all still feels like, all right, this is this week. Like, Great. Like, next week is going to be. Hold on to that. Right back to nothing. Um, But it is weird because, like, I think, la- I mean, last time we did the podcast together, it was like, dude, I had to, like fight for my life to get like one spot a week around town it was one of the reasons i contemplated moving out of la i'm like there's just no need for it where are we gonna I, go to um i don't know yeah I, I i just got a place in austin just for like the convenience of touring cool i'm on the road like five days a week it yep. doesn't make sense to go east coast west coast every single weekend um so i thought about moving out because i wasn't getting any stage time at all now it's like i did five spots last night and like the entire crowd at each show like why not? They were my audience, bro. And that's insane to me. It's almost like it is like more pressure, though. I will say that I do miss like there's like a novelty feeling of like going up and just being like, okay, I have to impress all these people. Nobody knows who I am, and they, but there's kind of no pressure to that. One thousand. Like I'm not losing any fans because yes. they already aren't my fans. Yes. Now, like when you go up, you're like, I I have to do well. Otherwise, people are like, oh, he's so much funnier on TikTok. Wow. But that pressure, I guess, does help to breed. Absolutely. Even like more, I guess, work ethic or writing because you're like, all right, I want these mm-hmm. shows. I know that it's even though, you know, people maybe, you know, paying different than what they come see just me on the road. Mm-hmm. You still have an obligation. And it's I mean, I don't know. It's it's the um, consistency that got you to where you are now. Well, it's I mean, it's it's so much it's so so much more opportunity, yeah. you know, like like five spots last night. Yeah. I just recorded the second special a couple like two months ago. Yeah. And I'm already like 45 minutes into the new hour. Like wow. it's and that kind of opportunity allows you to be more creative and get those juices flowing. You can really flush stuff out, you know, for I guess younger comics that are watching. How are you getting? Is it truly just are you in a zone right now writing wise or is it just reps and stage time that you feel like you're getting everything you want out of each set to have um, a new 45 already? Both. Um, I would definitely say just the opportunity because I flush out a lot of stuff on stage. I'll yeah. go up there with a loose premise and yeah. then I'll, I'll throw around some some premises, I guess, and really just getting the repetition and being able to just see kind of what flows each show. Because, I mean, you you know, like it's some, something new, even just like a tiny little inflection that you change. You're like, oh, that was the thing that was missing the whole time. Yeah. So right now it's just the opportunity to try new things. And um, I think the demand, like the pressure is there that like when this second special comes out, when people, I, my, my entire calendar for the rest of this year is sold out already. I don't want those same people to be like, well, I didn't watch the special That's because so crazy, it's insane. Dude. And we're about to add a bunch of theaters, I know. I um, just saw somebody post on one of your clips, I have, there's nowhere I can see you in 2023. And then you just put patience. And I was like, yeah. Like, what are you <laughs> supposed to say? Like, sorry, I, I guess there's, because yeah, like exactly what you said, you're going to add stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But that's, bro, I don't know anybody that's, I mean, I guess you would look to the top of the top that is sold out for a while, but there's probably even some Kevin Hart shows in fucking Chattanooga that still have you know some balcony seats remaining. It doesn't make sense to me either, man. It's it's kind of like when I when I announced the tour dates in general, it was almost like um, like when a musician announced it, like this is my 2023 tour. Like yeah. people will save concert dates a year in advance because like this is the only opportunity I get to see this person totally. maybe in my life. Yes, and. Now people are buying it like that. I would never buy tickets to an event more than like a month and a half. In really, there's no like, artist you would like die to go. No, because I'm like I don't know what my life would be in like in two months. You right. know what I mean? To, right. to anticipate plans in December from wow. now is insane to me. But people are still showing up. It's absolutely incredible. I guess we should get into the because again, I remember you and I were backstage uh, opening for Dan Cook in I don't know. I want to say somewhere in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And we were both just, you know, discussing the grind. And I think you were about to do a movie. And then you were trying to figure out. It was just, you know, business shop talk, mm-hmm. uh, you know, concerns. And we were kind of both just kind of, you know, throwing, you know, uh, tidbits and words of wisdom to each other. And then on the pod, the last time you were here, you were trying, you were crowdfunding mm-hmm. uh, your special. Yeah. And trying to get that, all those pieces together. Yeah. So now, um, I guess just take me through. And take everybody through, like, you know, what, was there a moment that you just kind of like, uh, you know, it's so funny, even when you did that, I go, dude, I bet there's a fan somewhere that's like, can you bottle that cough and sell it to me after the show? Because your fans are Don't so- Don't swallow that phlegm, Matt. Just fucking bottle it up. Dude, who was it? Um, was, was it, uh, which, which actress was it that was selling- uh, Oh, Stephanie Maddow from 90 Day Fiance. Selling her farts? Oh, no. There was that. Well, there Gwyneth was, Paltrow, the vagina like, candles. Yeah, vagina candles. Yeah. yeah. Why are we not capitalizing on this? Dude, I don't know, Matt. I that, thought about doing dick molds as candles, and like, there's like, obviously- Thought about the it. Top. Yeah, call them dick wicks. 
Yeah, dude. You start big. You burn it down to your size, obviously. <laughs> but you start you start big. Bro, I mean, I feel like Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. Hi, sharks. So look, we're yeah. You 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 like to set the mood, but you also like to celebrate your favorite comedian. Look, we're a family business. <laughs> my son runs the marketing. Oh He's my god, old. it is a family business. You got grandpa's <laughs> cock, you got dad's ween, and you got Maddie's uh Maddie's I don't know, Maddie's penis. So uh Maddie's penis sounds like a great dive bar somewhere Maddie's in Detroit. Maddie's penis. Yeah. You know I've never been to Detroit. It's like the one major city in the country I've never been to. I'm sure you'll hit it. Is it a good great comedy, town? comedy city? Really great comedy club called the Comedy Castle that's been there for like thirty I've years. I've heard of them. And then the Fillmore is oh, a classic Fillmore. theater. Is there, oh yeah, I don't and know then why there's I thought that was Philly. And then there's another. And then there's a bigger one. I think there's a couple Fillmores, you know. But they're they, yeah, they're killer, dude. I'm sure that will make its way into the I'll schedule. Make my way up there. Um. um all right, so we're back question. there. We're talking, and then I guess special comes out, does well, right? Mm. I, I guess start me from there, and then if you as much as you can, kind of. You know, feel about kind of taking us through wh- how we got to where we are. Yeah, the um, so the first special came about because I was just like groveling on my friend's couch one day. I was like, man, Comedy Central, Netflix, HBO, and like nobody will give me the time of day to shoot any kind of special. A half hour, a fifteen minute, nothing. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating, and you start to get it. It, it makes you so bitter. Like, it's not even in your control. It's just so innate. You, you're seeing all this opportunity around you, and just nobody wants to fuck with you at all. And you know what you're doing right of on course. stage, and you know how you're being received. So you're yeah. like, how is it not translating to their eyes and ears? Exactly. It's very confusing. Yeah. And I, you get in this this massive slump. I was complaining about it. My friend was like, Why don't you just shoot it yourself? He was like, you're already not getting paid to shoot it for somebody else. I was tired of doing this material that I've been building for 10 years. Um, and they were all great jokes that I didn't, I didn't want to just drop and yeah. dismiss and get rid of. Yeah. Um, so we were like, okay, well, how much is it going to cost? And we were going to have like a baseline fee of like, I could probably do it for like 10 grand. Is it going to be great? No, but I could film something for 10 grand. Yeah. Um, so that was the initial concept. And then we were like, well, let's, let's try a GoFundMe. Let's just see if anyone gives a shit. And luckily, pe- people gave so much shit. Yeah, <laughs> we we ended up gaining like I think it was like thirty grand wow. for the first special. And um, I think I threw down on that. Yeah, you did. Dude, yeah. you did. Eliza did. Cool. Uh, Finesse did. Yeah. Eric Griffin, D. Ray Davis, awesome. like all, all people that have been like very kind to me throughout awesome. my entire career have all pitched in for it. So thank you. That matters, of course, dude. Uh, well, it's also I mean, look, a no brainer, but also, yeah, dude. I mean, everybody who's a comic at any level just understands. Um, and especially I think now more than ever that, you know, it is in your control. Like you control, you should be cognizant of like, all right, if things are going to happen, it's all on me. Whether it's like, you know, getting an hour together to Mm -hmm. get somebody to come out and see, funding it yourself, um, did it overwhelm you how many people threw in cash and, and made it happen? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that many people cared or like wanted to support something crazy, a crazy idea that I That's had. Cool. But it, inst- it, inst- it instilled exactly what you just said. Like we ended up, I ended up self-producing it, self-directing it, like had to wear a million hats on this project. And it was exhausting. I didn't get a chance to even think about my set until I was walking on stage for each taping because I'm like, I'm sweeping mud off the floor. I'm ironing curtains. Like it was an, it was a nightmare. Get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, no time to focus at all. Um, but in doing that and, and getting a product that I ended up being proud of, I mean, was it the best shot thing ever? No, of course not. But it did exactly what I wanted it to do. It looked goodness. great and it sounded great. Thank you. Yeah. That's all you can really And ask it's like, for. I know what you're saying. You're like, did I have that sweeping dolly shot, a Netflix balcony? Like, you know, exactly. but like- I don't know, man. The content is what needs to be king there. Mm-hmm. And you did cover your bases enough for people to go, to enjoy aesthetically to watch. Yeah, yeah. And, and it made me realize, oh, shit, if you really want to do something, you can do it. Cool. Is it going to be hard? Yeah. Is it going to take calling in a lot of favors? Yeah. But if like if you're so dead set on the idea that you have and you really believe in it, that's the time to call on those favors. And I did it, and it's, it's doing well. It's a, I think I had like maybe 12,000 subscribers on YouTube when I posted it. Like, I, I'm not a YouTube guy. Yeah. I, I never watch anything. I don't post anything. And I think we just hit over 3 million views in, in like, 13 months of it, of it being released. Subscribers gone up too, yeah? Yeah, I'm at, like, quarter mil an hour or something like Get that. And I still don't out. really post anything on there. But so, so, for, for, so, yeah, so Sidebar is kind of funny. You know, 800-pound gorilla. Oh, yeah. Uh, a fantastic company. I, I was just I, talking I, with them. Really? Because I saw, actually, yours is now on theirs. Yeah, they hit me up to do the the album version of yes. it, obviously, and I was like, yeah, sure, why not? That's just that's an extra check and extra yes. ears on it, you know? And they were like, hey, would you also mind if we put it on our YouTube? 
And their specials get like, you know, 75 Some have 70. There's a few that have like three and 400,000. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's in definitely in a, a and, smaller range. And mine had been out for like a year. So I was like, all of my fans have seen it via my channel now. Okay. So it's kind of just out there now. And I was like, you know what? Can't really hurt. They're like, yeah, we'll throw you whatever back and we make. I'm like, sure, maybe I'll make some, you know, a couple of dollars or whatever. Now theirs has been out for like a month and a half and it's almost at three million. I saw that. Insane. Bro. But now I'm mad mine doesn't have six million because course, all the traffic course. got yeah. driven to theirs. But I mean, as many eyeballs as you can get That's on That's all I right? wanted out yeah. of it. I didn't expect to make any money. I didn't expect to make my money back by any means. I just wanted people to see a stand-up product of mine because that's another thing I couldn't come to a conclusion about. I was like, why can't I gain followers online? Why am I not getting more stand-up fans? And I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not giving them anything. Pictures on my Instagram does not feed a stand-up comedy audience. Like, you have to be in the clip game. You really do. Otherwise, what are people a fan of? I would go, why don't I have more fans? What do they have to be a fan of? We'll be right back. <laughs> I mean, that was a fucking, as far as teasers go, we'll keep it right here. Matt, that's fucking, dude. You're how old again? 27. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you're, I th for whatever reason, I was like, I still don't think you're 24, but yeah, you're well, 27. Well, I've known you since I was like 19. Crazy. God, that's, ow, that hurt a little bit. Fuck. That's what, you started at six, no, 15. Yeah. 15. Yeah, 19, you were out here. Mm -hmm. And I think you were like, I'm just going to do stand up and crash on couches. And I was yeah, like, get was a saying, job, bro. I was like, you need, just to give yourself something to talk about. And you weren't, you didn't stiff arm me and dis be dismissive, but you were like, yeah, you very, you took it. You did, you did what we should all do when someone goes, and I know this because it's how I do it when I'm giving anyone advice. I go, take it or leave it. I go, mm -hmm. I'm not ever going to tell anyone what to do. Yeah. I go, this is my journey, my experience. But also, if you're at the age you were, I was like, it'll just be more material to even have yeah. a job. That was all I was coming from was like, it, you know, and also I was like, dude, there's probably a lot of MILFs at a lot of Ralph's grocery <laughs> stores that would love to have their fucking tuna salad put in a bag you know what's by funny you. Is I got hired at Ralph's. I got offer, offer. I was offer only at the time. <laughs> um, the Ralphs here on Sunset. I was I was with my manager at the time. We were buying like I was buying literally like cans of tuna, hot pockets, like only the shit I could afford. So then. body by Matt, hot pockets, <laughs> cans of tuna. Well, I was also air. A, I was also a boy then. You For know sure, what I mean? yeah. Like yeah. when you met me, I was like I was like King Twink, like yeah. with the skinniest yeah, yeah, child. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were checking out at the register. And I was just talking to him about it. He was like, yeah, we're going to have to start submitting for jobs or whatever. And, like, the manager happened to be standing right next to us. She was like, do you want a job here? And I was like, yeah, I think I kind of need one. She was like, you're cute. You could bag bags, right? And I was like, yeah. And I was you're like, I thought I had to bag food. She's like, no, you're you're too pretty for that. We're going to have you just put bags in bags. Ba so you're, you're more of a safety net than anything. We're not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. the detrimental force That's here. That's funny. And I was supposed to start training two days after uh, I, I booked Wild and Out. Wow, dude. Yeah, I booked it two days before I was supposed to start. Dear Diary. Boy. Uh, did that bum me out or no? You were like, this is what I came here for. So. Yeah, I was pretty bummed I didn't get to be a bag boy. I was like, this, I, this was the American dream. I was supposed to go there. I was supposed to get recognized. Yeah, motherfucker, I bagged groceries for four years. No. it. Yeah, it, it is a – there's a part of you that's like, I want to um, – you want it so fast when you get out here, of right? Of course. I don't know how many weeks you. So how how long was that that you were living in LA until that happened? Um, I would say it was like a year and a half, to yeah. something like that, uh, which is still pretty fast. Like get 1, on a TV percent. show. Um, but yeah, everyone has this like idea of instantaneous success when they move to LA, and they don't realize that like ten years is an overnight success. It really is. It's been yeah, so it's been about eight yeah since you've been out here. Uh, no, it's been ten. It's been 10. This is my this is my tenth year. Wow, yeah. dude! And it's so funny because like now I'm having all these meetings with like with studio execs and stuff like that, and yeah. they're all super super sweet and very kind. And, like we're we're hoping to build some amazing things, but like there's just an air of like where you been? Yeah, where have you been this whole oh time? Like literally down the street, <laughs> doing exactly what I'm doing now. Trying to knock on your door. Yeah, you just didn't look. Yeah, it's so, that's so like funny. The, that's the power of social media now. Like I I still hate social media. Like I think it is the most unhealthy thing to ever exist in human history. I think it's worse than sugar. I think it's worse than drugs. I think it is so bad for the world. But, 100% agree. But advertisement-wise, yeah. you are you can get in front of literally everybody. Everybody. And that's, as a comic, like that's that's what you need. Like That's the audience you need. You don't need, these studio, these executives, these networks and everything, they're not, they aren't the, they aren't the gatekeepers of success anymore. You, I would take a pay cut if I got a TV show right now. Which I was, which I still want to do because like that's my passion and my my dreams and my goals. Yeah. But you have to be self sufficient. 
yeah, there's got to be people right now in Zimbabwe that are discovering you for the first time on TikTok. Shout out to Zimbabwe. Shout out to Zimbabwe, man. You guys ain't getting a comedy scene over there. Bro, there's going to be a time where there's a, I see a flyer for Matt Reif does fucking, you know, Dubai, I mean, Dubai for sure, but like something, a crazy Venezuela, like, I just see it getting like crazy, dude. It's already getting so weird. Fill me in. How and I, so? And I, I like I like weird venues too. Like I want to shoot my next special at the the Ford's Theater in D.C. where Lincoln got assassinated. Wow. Because I'm a huge history. You may dress up like Lincoln and you just give me yes. a shout out and I'll wave to you. Every from the time top. I hit a punchline, I go, <laughs> and I'll go, <laughs> and then wave to the crowd. <laughs> You know, that's actually the thing I want to negotiate if I do it. It's like, I'll take a pay cut if I can. Because when you go there, his booth is like, it's blocked off by plexiglass. Like, you can stick your head in, wow. but you can't step foot in there. I want to be able to step foot in there. Come on. I just want to be able to, like, do a promo or something. Spot. I think it would be absolutely Wearing the incredible. beard. Oh, God. I'm such a nerd. I would love that. Why? They do shows there. Oh, they do? Not sta- they've no, no one's ever done stand-up there, but they do plays. Why'd you pick it? I'm or just, why are you wanting to pick it? I'm just so fascinated by history. Like, D.C. is my favorite city in the entire country. I'm such a nerd when I go there. I've been to all the museums 15 times. I've been to all the monuments 15 times. Uh, Mount Vernon, George Washington's yeah. house, is, like, my favorite place in the world. You know when, like, in a movie, when someone has, like, a falling out, and they're, like, drastically trying to find the person? Like, where, where's Matt? We got I have to make up for what I did. And they're yeah. like... I know where to find him. And he's like sitting on a rooftop, kicking his fa- feet, like writing yeah, poetry. Yeah, slow zoom in on their face and then montage of them either biking or traveling. And then yep. they walk up again. Yeah, and, and they cut to you and then they cut to them walking up the steps. Yep, that's exactly where I was. What's up, be. Matt? And then you go, hey, guys. How you been? <laughs> yep, bottle of beer. You in knew I'd be here, huh? <laughs> How'd you find me? You told me this was your away. special place. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know you were such a history buff. Yeah, man. It's like weird venues like that I would love to do. It's not a massive venue. It's like 600, 600 seats, I think. So you start posting more clips because you're like, I got to give people something to get on board with. Yeah. And is there like a, do you consult like a TikTok person or anyone? Or are you just like, all right, everyone says post it this time. I'm going to, you know, put these captions here, whatever. Or is it literally just like bare men, clip, captions, Post it and it just took off. Just gut instinct, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, like subtitling is a thing that became prominent for some reason. Yeah. I still don't understand why that's needing to show people what the bit is about before yeah. they. Yeah. I also catch myself reading rather than looking at the comic's face, totally. which adds so much extra comedy to yeah. it. Um, yeah, I had no instruction via doing it, and that's kind of the the thing I'm happiest about the success I've had on there is it's like it's been doing what I want to do. Like I I I enjoy doing crowd work. Like. That's fun for me. Yeah. I get tired of doing my own jokes. I think for every sure. comic does. Yeah. Like you, there's nothing worse than when you're delivering a joke in your mind. You're, you ever catch yourself thinking about something else? A thousand percent. Yeah. You're like, fuck, I'm phoning this in right now. A thousand percent. Now. It's still doing well, but you're like, I'm I'm not enjoying this moment. Yeah. So crowd work was so much fun, and I realized a lot of people were doing it on TikTok, and it's something I've been very, I guess, blessed to be decent at, mm. and it was just it just all one clip just blew up everything. It was so weird. It was one clip. Yeah, a video I thought was stupid and didn't want to post anyways. I was like, this isn't even funny. Which clip is it? We'll cut to it right now. It's um, it was the Lazy Hero. I think I just unpinned it from my profile the other day because it's it's no longer like one of the highest rated ones. Um, <sighs> Yikes! Just topping your own best. I know. I was at dinner with Paul Elia at uh, yeah, yeah, Paul. up in, up in Montreal in July. We were at dinner together, and I was like, oh, I edited this clip, and I, like, I bought the camera equipment. I learned how to edit, and this is. This whole exhausting process. I'm like, it's yeah, I'm getting a couple hundred thousand views of video, but it's not changing anything. And he was like, just post it, just to have posted something. And I was like, ah, fine. And it did like 20 million views like overnight, basically. What? And it made every other clip that was on my profile do millions of views. And then it just became this chain reaction and just like an influx of people coming to my page. And now every video does between like five and 40 million views. It's what insane. the fuck? So it's you're at wild. dinner with him talking about that clip. You had put it up. Is that what you said? Like, yeah. yeah. And so you were like, all right, I didn't, you didn't think it was, what, your best? Or you just I was were like, watching it. You ever watch your own stuff? And you're like, this isn't even it's tough, man. funny. But dude. you know that you need content. And yeah. you're like, and also what sucks sometimes is when it happens in the moment, it's never like it is when you watch it back. Of course. Because it's like, and that's how it should be. Like mm-hmm. you're feeling, there's just so much more that you're getting live. Yeah. But you're like, yeah, I need to put stuff up. This is not it's a representation of me it's not you wouldn't put it up if you didn't feel somewhat compelled yeah and enjoy it and for that video i just didn't i was watching it at dinner with my headphones in and i was like it's fine sorry it's like three minutes long i was like i don't know if anybody's gonna want to watch this and people people loved it 
It was insane. And then it was about nurses and like and working in the emergency rooms. And I had this giant influx of like nursing fans coming. And now like a lot of my shows, there's always nurses there. It's so no way. That's yeah. like your um, nail salon bit from Angela Johnson. Oh my god, exactly. Right? That. Yeah. Because that uh, that's crazy, dude. One clip. It really. I mean, whether it's Burr, Russell Peters, Angela. Mm-hmm. It truly is it can be a game changer, like you said. Absolutely, and I, I love finding a niche subject in like certain <clears throat> crowd work situations, like the nurse, like a nursing theme. Or I did one recently that did like forty million about uh, I was doing some crowd work about kids with autism, mm. and it was a very like respectful way of doing. I a saw joke that. About that was it. great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, but it brought in so many new fans who were like, you know, my kid's autistic, and we see comedians joke about it all the time and we find it like disrespectful but, like this was like an appropriate way to navigate it so you get these different and, and then maybe I'll do a uh, I'll do some crowd work about Black History Month now I have black fans like it's wow. just it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a wonderful way to get a full culmination of a, a, an eclectic pot of yeah. fans I'm not like pigeonholed into like one subject it's a genuine curiosity too about yeah. you, you're a people person yeah yeah I mean with the crowd work stuff you know uh, you're a good listener and that's a big part of it. And then obviously you got to be in a spot to where you trust yourself. Just speaking from my experience with it, enough to go. <clears throat> I can make anything funny, and anything that's thrown at me, I'm going to be able to spin. But also being having a genuine curiosity mm. in that woman with the autistic kid. And I think it was like a verbal, nonverbal thing was yeah. the exchange. And you're also killing it with kindness. You have, you know, I think we both possess this where it's like an ability to kind of come off maybe a little dickish if you. With your tone and tune. But that's like, that's the stage character. Totally. You know what I mean? But also if you're doing it with a smile and it's not, and your intent, if people get a sense that like, you're not, like, you're not that, you're not a bad person, yeah. then you get away with a little bit more as far as like, busting balls and saying yeah. things with a smile. Yeah, you can, Be- if you're, if you're a charismatic fuckboy, like, you, it's easier to get away with it. <laughs> there it is. That's the name of your next but dude, special. I, I love charismatic fuckboy. <laughs> or a superhero that just, you know, didn't make the sixth you know, cut it, Captain Planet. I don't know who that, I don't know where that guy fits in, but that's not bad. I mean, I don't know, dude. OnlyFans was the first one. The second one was just your name, right? Matthew Stephen Reif. Yeah. yeah. Why that uh, title? Uh, so my, my grandpa. Yes. So I, I'm named after my grandpa. Yes. So his, his name was Steve. Yes. And he um, he passed away like two weeks before the special taping. I was The oh. special was going to be called 30%, where I, I had this like 15-minute chunk out of my set where I talk about how like, I think it's important for comics to find their audience and not just for like not for the sake of ticket sales for the sense that like that's you have to find your people in life in general right like you, how long have you been in LA man I, well, I came in for school oh and oh five I really consider it post school so oh okay. five to now so 18 years that was a, a sadder answer than I expected yeah. that's that a long time yeah, I, yeah. Really, I forgot how much older you are oh yeah okay. 40 baby I'll take it though man Noxima oh, clear so so 18 years, <laughs> how long did it take you to find, like, your group of friends out here? It wasn't immediate, I can't imagine. No, man. Well, I mean, I had uh, some buddies from college that carried over. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm a, doing a different grind. They're doing the 9 to 5. So we're just on different schedules. So, mm-hmm. um, man, through, I guess, the casting office, Universal Studios I'm working at, mm-hmm. open mics, sketches. Years of shows, yeah. Yeah, man, I'd, I'd say <clears throat> probably... Yeah, man, a good three to five years to feel like I yeah. had like five or six people that I could mm-hmm. kick it with all the it, time. It takes years to yeah. find those little bits of people that you're like, okay, you you get me, I get you, we vibe well together. We're not on like this L.A. douchey kind of right. Energy We're not trying to use each other. People. Exactly. Yeah. That's such an opportunism, if that's a word. Uh, I think it is. I think it we'll is. look it up. Actually, we'll edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> Just bleep. Your it. fans it's might like, love that too. I think they're like, <laughs> oh, he's so cute. He, he doesn't, doesn't know a lot of oh words. Hot guys can never read. Okay. That's so cute. <laughs> Um, yeah. so similar concept in that, like throughout your entire life, you're not, you're, you're going to have to look for your people. Right. right. And my, I know my comedy is not for everybody and I'm totally accepting of that. That is totally fine. Selfie. I've always kind of said that you want to find like your, if you can find 30%, if you can make 30% of a room laugh, like hysterically, how many times have you tried a joke that was like. Maybe it's an edgier joke or a darker joke or something like that. You're just trying it out. Like, you know it's a fucked up thing to say, but it's your sense of humor. So you you throw it out there to a room full of 100 people, and 70 of them are like, oh. And the 30% are like, ah, ah, that's the funniest thing I've ever fucking heard. Those are your people. Those are the people that I want to find, and those are the people I want to be like my lifelong fans and friends. Like, Mm. those are the people I want to surround myself with, and those are the people I want to do shows for. I don't want to do I 
I don't want to do shows for the rest of my life full of people who are just coming because they like the way my face looks. You know what yeah. I mean? I want to find people that I hang out with and I can do. My dream is to be able to do the kind of humor I want to do in front of a, a room full of people who like the same thing. That way it doesn't feel like a show. Right. It feels like I'm just hanging out with a thousand people. How satisfying is it to know, because I'm sure it happens still. I mean, now probably people truly just know you for your comedy, but they're, I think for probably a while, right, people are, if they came back there or, or came because they saw your poster, their flyer, mm. and then would you get this like, you're actually pretty funny. All the time. Yeah. Especially when I was younger, I would yeah. get, you, you're pretty funny for your age. Right. Like, oh, cool. So if I was 30, I would be trash. Right. But as a 17-year-old, <laughs> right. it's right. okay. I get that all the time. And but, still now or no? Oh, yeah, still quite often. <clears throat> yeah, you were, you, were fun, you were funnier than I thought. You were, wait, you were funnier. I get, you were funnier than you are on TikTok. And I was like, I'm like, that's, that's what I want. The best is when I get guy fans. Oh my god! Because what is yeah? What are the numbers on? Because my demographic, most of the time, I would say is like ninety percent women at my shows, Crazy. which is fantastic. Like, there's never a more loyal, um, like passionate fan base. One thousand women, bro. My buddy Joey McIntyre and the New Kids on the Block. You know, big uh -huh. pop game. I mean, their resurgence is due to the fact that these gals in their thirties, forties, and fifties mm -hmm. are still diehard and will travel Absolutely. the world to see. I mean, they are. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Women run the world. Dude, they're the absolute best fans you can ask yeah. for. But sometimes my humor isn't isn't for an all female audience, sure. which I totally get. It has nothing to do with male or female. That's just it's a it's a population statistic. You know what I mean? And you, you're not going you're going against the odds every time you do a joke that isn't going to be you right. know from the masses. Right. Um. So I love that. I love when a guy gets drugged to my show by his girlfriend <laughs> who's a fan, and he's just sitting there arms crossed the whole Always. time. And then once I get once I get a little. <laughs> <laughs> And then in 30 minutes in, now he's sitting back. Now he's laughing the show the entire And then she's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. He isn't who I thought he was. And he's like, nah, he's actually a pretty good guy. Like You have good taste in comedy. Oh, man. I, I love when I win over a guy. You can turn man. someone like that, yeah. Absolutely. What are the poet feeling? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What have the post-show meet and greets been like? Uh, it's 99% women. Yeah. And then when I get a dude in there, I'm like, let's go. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for wanting to do this. Are they, what's kind of the consensus that they're all like, you know, just kind of the norm, like, thank you so much, this is funny, I blah, blah, blah. Are they, are you, are you getting some like deep personal stories of like, yeah, you know, your comedy saved me or I found you through this or you're, you know, just stuff that's making you kind of go, wow, this is really bigger than I thought. Yeah, definitely that. It's yeah. it's a mixture of a lot of things. You get you get some normal people who are just like, just really enjoy your comedy. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say I appreciate it. And yeah. then you do get people who are like, no, you've brought me out of so many like dark places, like your comedy. I've had people tell me like my comedy saves their life, which is insane yep. to me. Dude, uh, cures, if anything, man. I feel like my comedy would end a lot of people's <laughs> lives. So, like I, I do some dark shit from time to time. Um We'll be right back. No. <laughs> Another great fucking <laughs> dude. That's so funny. People, girls are like, oh my, like they're like shivering, like they like can't like even like sit still for the picture, like they're so nervous. It's, it's so precious. Like it's it's absolutely adorable. And you, how, how much like people get excited, and, which is uh, weird because like I don't know why I don't know why anybody would want to meet me. It's that's so, so weird funny still. that you still like just have. And again, I think that's a healthy mindset, man. I mean, you. I was just talking about this with um, uh, you know, comedian actor Wayne Brady from Who's Lies in Any Way, mm -hmm. Chappelle Show. He was like, dude, you have to have a certain amount of ego in this business to do what we do, right? Yeah. But he's like, to stay like, you know, keep an increasingly amount of humility so that you do kind of like you're saying, like, it's just like any other week. Yeah. Dude, that is going to serve you so well. But you can't help but like get caught up at times or notice certain things like, bro, there's going to be some Beatles, Bieber type shit with buses and girls. I've already seen it and I think it was a picture of you outside your uh, special in Austin, the Vulcan. Mm. Uh like meeting and greeting everybody, and it was already giving me those vibes. Oh yeah, it's it, people are bringing signs to the shows. People are bringing gifts to like throw on stage. What and sort stuff. of gifts? Um, a popular one is uh, I did one of the TikToks I did. Um, some I was doing some crowd work about red flags, and this girl in Florida said that a guy brought her a build a bear on a first date, and she thought that was a red flag. <laughs> and I just kind of tore her apart, basically saying like, how ungrateful. Like I, I would. <laughs> I would love a Build-A-Bear on a first date. Please. Like that's, I mean, I'm hoping there's not a camera in the eyes, but, like, you Hilarious, know, yeah. I think it's pretty precious. Yeah. Now people bring uh, Build-A-Bears all the time. Or since my grandpa passed, people bring me, like, things from my grandpa all the time, which is, like, sweet. so sweet. Like what? Um, Somebody, just the, this weekend in Oxnard, somebody brought, like, uh, 
it's a keychain, but it's not like just a keychain. It, it's like very well done. Like they printed out like a really cute picture. It's like it's designed really classy. Like wow. now it's on my car keys and everything. Wow. Um, shirts. Somebody made a build. My grandpa was in the Navy, so somebody made a build a bear in a Navy outfit, and they had like a Steve name oh, tag and everything. God, dude, really cute stuff. People will write me notes just saying like you know thank you and I'm sorry for your loss and all that kind of stuff. Like people, are, they're very kind. It did hit you hard, yeah. I know yeah. you were like best, but I mean that was your guy. Yeah, it's it's it still doesn't. He's really the first person in my family to like die in my lifetime. Like my mm. my dad died when I was one, right? But like that had no effect on me. I I have no memory of it or yeah. anything. Like I wasn't I was one. No, there was wasn't present for yeah. me. Yeah. Um. But for my grandpa, he's somebody I would talk to literally every single day, and it still doesn't feel real. Like, this is the first thing of death I've really ever had to deal with, at least with somebody close to me. Like, my great-grandparents passed away, like, six years ago, but they were, like, 97. Like, that's their time, yeah. you know? And you're, and, you're, and the connection's different, right? Yeah. So it still feels like, it just feels like, what do you mean I can't call him? Like, it feels like I'm not allowed versus, like, it's not an option. Does yeah. that make any sense? 1,000%. I don't know what stage I'm at in the grieving process. Have I, you been I, allowing yourself to, I mean... That's a question I get quite often because I, I am so, like, overwhelmingly busy now, thank God. And I still don't know if that's, like, a blessing or if I'm supposed to be taking that time to reflect. I I think he would be happy at how busy I am 1, right now. One thousand percent. And I still, a lot of the times before I go on stage, I'll say, like, a, a little prayer because the, the, the necklace that I, that I wear, I, I left this with him in his uh, hospice bed when he, uh, last time I saw him. And so he, like... He passed away with it, like in his hand. So I like, I'll have this with me all the time. Wow, so, dude! From time to time, I'll say a little prayer, just like you know, help you have a good show, Grandpa. And, yeah. You know, hope you enjoy it. Awesome. And you know what's funny? Since I've started doing that, I've I did six shows in Oxnard, and like not on purpose, but like I think I did a little prayer for like three of them, and those were the three best shows by far. So like little things like that, That's you're awesome. like, hmm, I wonder. And also, funny enough, today is the first day I've been in LA since he passed away that it has not been raining. This is the. This might be the first day I've seen sunlight in L.A. Whoa. since he passed away. It was Whoa. so weird how I hadn't seen like a beautiful day since he passed away. So strange. He was um, pretty uh, involved in your just comedy. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think last time we we spoke at great length about him. So last time I was here actually yeah. with you, uh, we talked about how I bought him a pocket pussy for Christmas, <laughs> yes. and you were like, and that was just like a story I was telling, and you were like, you have to tell that on stage. And now in the special, Matthew Stephen Rife. It's the opening bit. Like it's it's like one of the most prominent go. things. So thank you, thank you for for making me do that. I mean, bro, again, it and just... he loved it too. Like he was obsessed with that joke. It it embarrassed the shit out of him, but like he he Loki loved it. That's big time. Absolutely. How did he kind of um I guess shape? What do you think he would be saying right now with like the success you're going through? Like just enjoy it, or would he have kind of like little life things to kind of keep you on track? <sighs> I mean, he was never one for like great advice or yeah. anything he was just very supportive yes. like he was just he was just my like biggest fan i think like, someone ever. to share your success with yeah, yeah absolutely i was he was the first person i wanted to call when everything when anything fun happened and luckily like some some great things have been moving recently like i've been having some fantastic meetings and there's some great opportunities coming up that okay. I'm, I'm very excited to announce Good. in the months coming oh hell yeah but when they happened like i remember that when the the, the big call came in as soon as I hung up, I immediately went to like my my speed dial, like the the favorites or whatever, yeah. and I literally almost clicked on his name just out of like instinct, and I was like, "Fuck, I Oof. can't call and share this news with him. It really sucks." But I think he, I mean, he helped shape my my comedy from birth. Like it's because I didn't have a dad. Like he was like my father figure. He, uh, I would spend every single weekend with him when I was a kid, and our thing was movies. Yeah, we would just. He didn't like have any, like hobbies or interests or anything like that. Yeah. Really, so we would just lay on the couch together and watch movies all week. Every time I would go to his house, he would have like 10 new DVDs that he would go buy and we would watch them together. Huge. And most of them were comedies. Adam Sandler, David Spade, Jim Carrey, um, some raunchier stuff like Bad Santa was like, is like the, one of the earliest Christmas movies I have a memory Whoa. of. That's a great one to start off with. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies So he's ever. shaping your, comi- I mean, whether it's your point of view, your your taste though. Definitely my taste. It's so, uh, people don't realize that to get introduced to that stuff that early, mm-hmm. It's, it, like there's no way you weren't going to be involved in this business. Oh yeah. Or have like a that looks fun, or at least just would you guys mm-hmm. like talk and quote movie? Like would you all the time? Like yeah. that was our thing is we would always like reenact our favorite like comedic movie scenes <laughs> together. So ever ever since a young kid, I was always reciting my favorite like comedy movie lines and stuff like that. And he 
it's so it it feels corny even though it's like a full circle thing so like he has he had nicknames for all his grandkids so ever since i was like five mine was hollywood because i was always quoting movie lines and stuff like that Whoa. that was always my nickname it was, his, it was my name in his phone like for years that's what he would call me um li- i mean this was years before i ever thought about doing stand-up or anything like that that's crazy so now that i live here and all this and now that all the success is happening it's kind of a, a beautiful yeah man that's a good omen and he was always like my biggest support like, he was always the person i knew i could make him like be in tears laughing and that i think gave me such a confidence to be like okay maybe you are actually funny and when I started out doing comedy at the, at the, at the Columbus Funny Bone when I was 15, it's a, it was still a bringer open mic. You still had to get five people to buy tickets to, to give you five minutes. Damn. And he would buy five tickets because all my friends were in middle school still. <laughs> so he would come and he would buy five tickets convincing the club that there was like five people there to see me. Just so I'm I could sorry, like do comedy for him. It, yeah. yeah, I don't probably know. Probably out doing eighth grade, you know, yeah. fingering chicks on a bus. <laughs> saying, hey, I can't stop them. That's their life, you know. But I'm here. <laughs> what do you want me to go tell these eighth graders not to finger? I'm just a, I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm just a guy with a microphone. <laughs> I don't have that kind of power, bro. That's incredible. That, yeah. that okay. Well, that is, I mean, dude, without that is solely being heavily involved in Absolutely. the start of the journey yeah bro that's awesome thank you man then i got it uh i had his hand i found an old photo when i had to go through his stuff after he passed away like things that i wanted to take with me i found this old photo from when i was like like seven or eight in it and on the back of it he had like the year and he wrote hollywood on the back of it so i, I found the photo with his uh his handwriting and i got it tattooed like, wow dude he passed away. Oh, i'm not gonna cry don't do it Dude, that's so awesome, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's it's bittersweet, but he he was like so looking forward to coming down for the special taping. He passed away very fast, like three months. He was perfectly healthy last July, and then he passed away like the like the Tuesday or the Monday after Thanksgiving. It happened so fast. So the fact that he wasn't gonna make it down there, I was like, I just felt obligated to. I scrapped the important message of the special. That I really wanted to emphasize with the whole thirty percent thing, mm-hmm. and there was a, one of my favorite bits I've ever written was involved in that. But I felt it was more important to kind of show gratitude and dedicate something to him. So we changed the name of it, we changed like the set decoration and all that kind of stuff, which I won't spoil it because it gets addressed at the end of the special and everything. Wow, dude! So then the name of the title became what? Just more of like whose call was that then? Uh, mine uh, and you know uh, Eric Griffin directed it, so he was yeah. like very surprised. Like a week before the taping, he's like, "You want you want to change everything?" And I was like, "Well, at let least me get I, this straight. At least <laughs> you change the title, just your name." But you know what? He lo- <laughs> okay. he ended up loving it though, because you know Eric's a big softy. Of course, he really is. He really is, and he's he's never afraid to tell you how it is. He yep. was like, "Is this a ballsy move to scrap everything about a week beforehand?" But he's like, you know, if if you feel like that's the right thing, I support it. And let's cool. make it the best. And cool. It is something I'm like genuinely proud of now. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Well, it's another new year. We made it 2023. We did it. Congratulations. Hug yourself. Touch yourself. So that when you ask yourself who touched you, you know who it was. You got goals, guys. Okay? And you want to achieve all of them. Every single one of them. And Factor is here to help you do that. So if you're looking to fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritionists, nutritionists, nutritious meals, yikes. You ever just forget how to read? Meals delivered straight to your door. Um, then Factor's the place to go, okay? They, uh, they leave you time and energy to tackle everything else on your to-do list so you don't have to worry about where and what you're eating. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and start saving time eating well and living your best life yet. If you love Factor, probably because you're too busy to cook and you don't like going to the grocery store and potentially, you know, um, running into somebody uh, from your past. And you want to skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Well, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, and all you need is heat and, uh, and a positive attitude. So whether your lifestyle is keto, calorie-smart, vegan, protein-plus options are on the menu each week. They're prepared by chefs and approved diet- dietitians, not these unapproved dietitians, and each meal is all the ingredients that you need to feel satisfied all day long. 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options are there for you. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus sweets, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Cut back on takeout and get Factor instead. Okay, it's ready to make, ready-to-eat food in just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal is prepared by the chefs that know what you want, and they're excited to give it to you. So head to factormeals.com slash lastnight50 and use promo code lastnight50 to get 50% off your first box. That's insane. I didn't know that was the deal until I just read it. That's crazy. 50% off at factormeals.com slash lastnight50 
and you're going to get 50% off your first box. That's insane, so you got to do it. There's no better deal out there and no better food as well. Factor.com slash about last night. Oh, wait, slash last night 50. Okay, do that. Hey, guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode, and it's cookie time. Attention, all cookie lovers, including me. Love cookies. Cookies are my weakness. I've said it before, and I'm saying it again right now. I know you crave the sweet taste of freshly baked cookies. Just saying that makes me foam at the mouth. Say it again with me. Freshly baked cookies dipped in milk or eaten by themselves. Well, look. My friends at Twin Life Baking Company have you covered in cookies (laughs) with cookies. You can cover yourself in cookies. It's your life. Made from the finest ingredients and baked to perfection. They've got flavors like Red Velvet Stuffed Nutella, Vanilla Cookie Monster, Rocky Road, S'more, Strawberry Short Stack, Birthday, Funfetti, Chocolate Bomb, Snickerdoodle, Pumpkin Snickerdoodle, Classic Chocolate Chip, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Cowboy Cookie, Cookies and Cream, Lemon Delights, and guess what? My very own cookie. That's right. The Adam Ray Pop-Tart little bits of brown sugar pop tart on a cinnamon snicker it's a chocolate it's just trust me all right it's the greatest cookie i've ever had i get emotional thinking about it if you're listening to this you're probably a person with great taste buds and you love great cookies and you want to celebrate two badass moms so right now go to twinlifebakingcompany.com and use promo code about last night to save 20 percent off your order that's twinlifebakingcompany.com promo code about last night to save 20 percent off your order what time is it? Cookie time. Now let's get back to the episode. Um, okay, so these clips start blowing up. Mm-hmm. You start getting uh, opportunities that, I mean, you probably only dreamt about. I mean, I saw, you know, one thing I'll just mention that I think is crazy is you doing uh, two sold-out shows in the main room of the comedy store on a Wednesday night. Yeah. They- How does that come about and... You said that was like 15-year-old Matt would never believe that because I'm sure once you got out here and even beforehand, your knowledge of stand-up had to involve the comedy store. Absolutely. And before I moved out here, I actually thought it was a store, funny enough. I I thought it (laughs) was a joke store with a a comedy club as like a side room. Yeah. That's how naive I was. They sell a lot of broken dreams and depression there if you're looking to buy that. But also a lot of success. But also a lot of success stories. A lot of they sell a lot of good vibes nowadays. I'd say at times mostly drugs, but they they do sell some good vibes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every good joke store has uh, a lot of drugs. Yeah, the um, store is I think up on a pedestal for a lot of people. Yeah, and you know, funny enough, I'm I'm still I'm still I still can't get in there. Um, But. We, we hit them up, and uh, obviously, like, my numbers have been moving like crazy recently, so that gives you a little bit of an opportunity. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I've always wanted to headline the main room at the comedy store, because I get booked there for, like, you know, independent shows and yep. stuff like that, but never, like, through the comedy store. Yeah. So I was like, this would be an amazing time to have, like, my night there. So we did, um, they offered me, like, a 10.30 show on a Wednesday, and they were like, sure, go ahead, and it sold out in, like, less than a day. And then a couple of weeks went by, and they're like, hey, there's actually – I thought they gave me 1030 because there was, like, an early show. Yeah. There was no early show. They just didn't think I could move – they didn't want to give me a prime time space. And they saw how fast that moved out, so they were like, okay, you can have the, the 8 o'clock space or whatever. And then that sold out. And it was just unreal to have two shows on a very hard night to sell tickets yeah. um, in a city where there's so much opportunity to go do other fun things. Yeah. And – it was just like a, a dream opportunity and that I, I never thought I'd ever get to even perform that let alone like have my own night and be able to sell it out twice. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just such an iconic venue, you know, to be on the same stage that like the greatest comedians of all time started out Fuck at yeah. and made their, made their kicks in. Who are some of your guys? I mean, you said Jim Carrey, but like, I guess comic wise mm. when you were now that you've gotten to be, there have to have been some people now that you looked up to or when you came out here, that are whether they're homies or not that have maybe reached out have people that's what i guess always get curious of of mm-hmm. our um and you'll probably find this in your meetings and stuff but like i don't know man is fucking you know chris Rock, like are there people that you're that are just like at least throwing some love that through a dm or a fucking email or you see them live at a um, show yeah from time to time yeah. uh Funny enough, I mean, I hope it's okay that I say it. Yeah. Uh, Eliza texted me yesterday. Cool. She was like, "I just wanted to like say congratulations on all the success, and I'm I'm glad cool. we've been friends since the beginning." And, yeah. You know that, and congratulations, and that was very sweet of her to reach out. I hadn't Means talked to her in like seven or eight months. Yeah. So for her to reach, she's raising a kid right now and managing stand up. I don't yeah. know how she's doing it. Yeah. So it was nice of her to reach out about that. Um, Robert Kelly up in New York. Yeah. Love so him. Robert Kelly, 
Uh, I have a photo of when I was 14 years old when I when I first got tickets to to see Dane Cook at Nationwide Arena when yeah. I was 14. Yeah. And my mom wanted him on the radio. He was the opening act, and I didn't have meet and greets to meet Dane, but Robert was meeting everybody. So he, Robert Kelly was technically the first comedian I ever saw live since he opened the show. Wow! So he, it was when he was selling his album. I remember it was called Just the Tip. It was just his album. He autographed it for me. We have a photo together. And then, like, a month ago, he, he DM'd me and was like, hey, man, if you're ever in New York, we'd love to have you stop by and do the podcast. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, dude. I still love his comedy. He's oh, he's so such funny. a beast, dude. So funny. And a really man. nice guy. That's what I've heard. Oh, I've man. never met him since. I've never had any kind of exchange with him. So the fact that, like, he knew who I was was crazy. I ran into Nick Kroll yeah. at his Hulu event the other night, and I was like, my my manager just want to introduce us. I guess she knew him from years past. Mm. And he was like, he turned and he was like, Matt. And I was like, how, how do you, how do you know who I am? He's like, I see you on TikTok all the time. You're super funny. I was like, get the fuck out of here, bro. I'm yeah. such a fan. Wow. It's little stuff like that. Is um, that Robert Kelly thing new. is bonkers? I know. First, right? per- and then you're gonna be on his pod. Like that's a true. That's you know in the Johnny Carson type version of that for this day and age, where it's like being a fan mm-hmm. or meeting somebody and then just being, and then they want to include you. I mean, I mean, dude, you're you're truly. Um, it's. Uh, thanks for being candid about like all the work that you've put into this because it is so easy for people to look at anyone that mm-hmm. like these execs have said where you've been but with like you know halfway decent looks and uh and fucking talent and personability and likability you know what i'm saying like it's easy for people to just to, to go yeah of course hey yeah. man nothing's guaranteed you know, that was one of the most aggravating and, like, hurtful things I went through for the past, oh, yeah. like, eight years is everyone would go, you're young, you're good, you're gonna looking, be fine. you're fun, you're going to be fine. But the thing is, if everybody assumes you're going to be fine, nobody wants to help you because they all assume somebody else is going to help you. Oh, yeah. And if everyone assumes that, nobody does. Yep. And that's honestly the position I felt like I've been in for the past, like, eight years. Everyone goes, well, yeah, this is a no-brainer. But then, okay, it's like, what's the opportunity? Oh, no, they're, they're going to hook you up. Don't worry. And it just never really happened. Wow. So that's like, that is probably the most like gracious thing about the success I'm having right now is that like everything has been self-sufficient and self-produced. And you're owning and it all. I own it all. And it's all really in the power of like the fans and people who want to see more of what I do. Like I, I love putting my success in the, in the, the hands of people Rather than three people in an office at, at Universal Studios, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I want look. I wanted that success. Right. I wanted to come to LA, get on a TV show, get a comedy special, and have like the traditional, uh, the, the traditional idea of what a Hollywood success is supposed to be like. Yeah. But that didn't happen. And now it's like you can't. You almost can't get mad at somebody for having a little bit of like a confidence or ego when nobody wanted to throw them a bone. They had to build their success on their own because it's like, yeah, you guys didn't want to help me. I got success doing shit on my own the way I wanted to do it. Now you wanted me to like change that mold. Yeah, it's like I, I would have I would have adhered to so many different things you wanted me to do, but now it's hard. To, it's a little bit harder to tell me different because like what I wanted to do works. Yeah, is there um, a part of you like you have a team now, right? That's mm-hmm. like really probably instrumental. I know absolutely. There's a big deadline thing with CA, which is fucking. I mean, a Thank dream because that's a spot where it's like. You want shit to happen on all fronts. Yeah. And and like you said, like with the growing numbers, you put a tour out that blows off uh, all the tickets in a heartbeat. What is that like, by the way, when you get like little updates or is it like a, your manager just t- – Shams, by the way, right? Mm. Shout out to Christina Shams, a fucking baller, a, a rising legend in the business. Mm-hmm. Will she just like text you or somebody like, these ones are gone, want to add? Uh, well, I would check them for a while. Yeah. I was like I, – because I, I could not believe they were selling out. I was like, what? Because – Dude, last June, I couldn't sell 100 tickets at a one-nighter in St. Louis or Philly. You know what I mean? Like, it was bare. I was losing money. I'm going to these one-nighters for, like, a $500 flat rate guarantee. If you sell out, we'll give you a bonus. Like, I knew I wasn't going to sell out. Here's a $100 travel buyout plus a $500, so $600 for flying to St. Louis to do a show, get my own hotel and flights. I'm profiting, what, 50 bucks? So that was where I'm coming from right before this massive explosion. So I would check my website, like... 10 times a day, I'd be like, oh, shit, uh, Fort Wayne sold out in December. Um, this is an interesting one. Stand Up Live in in, um, in uh, Phoenix. Yeah. One of the best clubs in the country. I love doing it. But it's a massive room. It's like 500 people. I think I, I, I sold that. Uh, this time last year, I sold out like three out of five shows there. But they were like you know, papered some. You know, I was probably selling 200 tickets right. in there or whatever for a five-show weekend. 
now we're doing uh, we did five so five shows that we initially did sold them out in like less than a day and then yesterday I was like okay that's 2,500 seats that have already been sold in a city that I don't really go to a lot it's one town they offered me one more like we'll give you you know well here's a great deal do you want to add one more I was like Sh I mean I guess I don't think anybody's really gonna show up I think everybody's already got tickets yeah because sold, like sold out in an hour from an Instagram <laughs> story like it's absolutely insane I can't believe there are that many people who who, who want to come to my shows it's it's amazing or uh, what uh without giving away like what it is that you're um trying to jam on because obviously like AGT wild and out mm -hmm. you've been on like no AGT no AGT no, but you were on it. Mm -mm. Oh, America's Got Talent. No, no, um, um, bring the funny. Bring the funny. Yeah, yeah. fuck. It's too many competition shows. Yeah, I know. Well, this one didn't make it. It's okay. But that one, but exposure. The exposure. Honestly, COVID threw a wrench in that plan immediately. After the bring the funny stuff for NBC, I had some really good heat. I had just signed with uh, Levity at the time. Yeah. But we had, a, I had, I had tour dates from like that January through April of 2020 that were completely sold out. I was like, holy shit, this is like my first. Yep. Um, first look at success as a stand-up via some kind of televised product. And then COVID happened. Everything got shut down. Everybody forgot that that even happened. And I was right back to not being able to move ticket sales at all. No fucking way. Yeah, I was so excited. Like, it was it, it was on NBC. So, like, NBC was very interested in working with me. And we were hoping we were hoping to maybe develop something. Now, it was like everything got completely washed over COVID. How did but that, that happen for a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Damn, dude. So I truly know. having to hit the reset button and start yeah, from scratch. But I mean, it worked out, you know? Um, is there something like what is, I guess, the, and you probably get this from, you know, reps and all sides and, and shapes and sizes, but like, I guess now as you're building the fucking empire, is, uh, is it like what star movies like you uh, were used to watching uh, growing up with, with grandpa? Or is it like, is it show? Is it like just keep doing what you're doing? I mean, you're probably, you tell me, but gonna put out a special. Like within the year, I'm guessing a third one. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, the plan is to do a special every year for the rest of my life. I was I mean, just gonna that's say, kind of like that's like the top goal, right? Like, isn't that what like the top tier com comics do? Like the, the the greats can do that. Louis Burr, Chappelle, you know. I feel like that is like top tier level of commitment of being like, okay, here's. I think of every year as like a new chapter, yeah. you know. And especially in a touring aspect, like I said, if you go, if you're in, let's say you go to Atlanta right now. When you get there this time next year, you don't want to be doing the same show, mm -hmm. right? If like if you want to keep your fans satisfied, you have to keep churning out new stuff, mm -hmm. and it's hard. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, to be creative over and over and Heck over yeah. again is very hard. How much of these specials involve like some crowd work, or are you trying to make it all? I did. I did crowd work in this last special for yeah. Matthew Stephen Rife, yeah. but only because it. It was something I had baked into the set for the past six months. Gotcha. And it had to do with the whole, I do like three examples of like red flags for me in a yeah. relationship. And it became this fun thing on the road. And it's actually the, the trend that blew up my TikTok was I would ask females in the audience, like I felt like my jokes were very one-sided. Like I'm listing things I don't like about women. And that's not fair always, you know? So I was, I was curious, like what might be some red flags for a guy? And then the whole bit is like, I'm playing devil's advocate for the guy. If they yes. say they don't like a thing a guy does, I'm like, well, maybe you're the problem in this situation. <laughs> and it was this very fun thing. You're, I mean, you're truly becoming like this, like if it's, you know, a majority gals in the crowd, like they're almost coming to you for some sort of like, you know, give me like, how do I, like, fill me in on like the, the guy brain like share like some insights yeah so i'm actually writing i'm writing a book right now called like the fuck boy bible book of matthew Get where it's like it's a here. it's <laughs> a funny informational book that kind of like it gives the insight on like how fuck boys think from time to time in a, in a very comedic way but it also kind of breaks down the psychology of like how how just gross the dating world is now sure. you know what i mean like, you're in it i i know unfortunately yeah are you swiping away are you doing it live in the flesh now you got opportunities no. for live in the flesh man and it's still on. not very often I, d I don't have time there's so many girls that i do meet that like they're absolutely beautiful i don't they're need a lot of time just not, like i do i can be in just like a couple of days a week Dude. even a couple of hours, just facetime me but like you know lick your lips a lot like i just i don't need much <laughs> just please Right? There's all wanna make the it work. time. But it's like I genuinely don't have the time right Smart. now. Smart. And I have to I have to remind myself like you didn't come out here to find a girlfriend. Like you 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 uprooted your entire life. You've dedicated the past twelve years of your life towards pursuing your dreams and like, like I I want to get married. I wanna get married. I wanna have kids. Probably in the next probably six years, something yeah. like that. So every time I go on a date with a girl now, I'm not looking to like just fuck you. Like every time I go on a date with a girl, I'm 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 like, is this? Could I see myself marrying this person Whoa. down the line? Which I know is like Maddie Mature, another great special. That might name. feel like a lot of Maddie Mature. <laughs> 
That sounds like I'm like an 80 year old stripper. That sounds awful. It does. Welcome to the stage, Matty just, Mature. Just untucking my balls from my thigh high. He's socks. got two balls and two wieners. I'll let you guess where the second one is. Yeah, that's. Throwing a tail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like I don't want that to seem like a lot of pressure for the girl because it's not on them. It's yeah. just I'm just getting a vibe of like, okay, if I have no time or energy to really give away right now is this somebody that i could see myself dedicating and taking a chunk out of my life to prioritize oh yeah because a relationship is exactly that you have to prioritize and it is a responsibility man i'm 40 just got married and was in the same boat thank you brother i was in the same boat where it was like and we actually it's so funny just got into you know we probably it's so funny i haven't probably fought in three weeks Mm -hmm. it's been just such a great three weeks but I've been gone a lot the last week, and mm-hmm. so trying to, it's now that, like, needing to find time. Communication. Which, and she is, like, so supportive and effortless with, like, do what you got to do. But then, but in the same way, hoping that I'm aware enough to go, all right, we haven't had any us time mm-hmm. for two and a half weeks. You got to carve that out. You got to yeah. be aware of that. And I wasn't down to do that for so long, up until about now. Yeah. And so it, it is big to, like, know that for yourself, and mm-hmm. it's, I'm glad that I didn't, you know, I had relationships where, where I was like, oh, maybe, you know, but I just knew that I was not going to be the best version of me for that because I was always, because career is just, and still even now, man, yeah. it's a tough balance where it's like, I can't not do this. I can't not do this. I mean, like us, you know, finessing this to make this happen. It was yeah. like, I'm not, not figuring that out and going like, oh, what? like, because, you know, I'm sure you can attest to this. You haven't gotten to where you are by making excuses or I couldn't just like, I just, I guess that wasn't gonna happen. I couldn't make it all work. Yeah. I am always in the mindset of like, bro, if I can, I'm gonna, I'll sleep when I'm dead, and I'm, I'm gonna make it all you happen. Have to. That's the prioritization. Like the hard work has to come first, and that's unfortunate because like I, I do meet a lot of wonderful women that I'm like, if I go on a date with them, I'm like, okay, you're, you're beautiful, you're hilarious, you have a good head on your shoulders, like you're a fantastic person, and we'll hang out for a bit. And like, I genuinely, it sucks sometimes. Sometimes I really will try. I'm like, I would love to give this person an opportunity and try to date this person, and then yeah. after a couple of weeks, I'm like. I can't give you what I know you deserve, yeah. you know, and I don't want to half-ass a relationship, yeah. and it sucks. So now I'm now I'm far more cognizant of it, and I'm trying to be more respectful. And like, I don't want to even put myself in a position to get somebody interested if I don't have right. the time to dedicate to them. You know, what is the uh, the Matt Me purchase that's been made in the last uh, the what the Matt Me purchase? Like the uh, made some cash, and then you're like, all right, I'm going to fucking Best Buy to get uh, eighteen so, printers. So to eighteen printers. Know, I'm just trying to think of what's going on here. It's probably more like kind of I don't know. Like what do you you know loop like, extensive. You, yeah. <laughs> condom budget absolutely yeah, yeah. just a big drawer now so two things i uh i bought my mom a car for christmas Get out. Um, luckily my mom does not have expensive taste i was just gonna all. say she's got like a hundai nice, like, perfect great car absolutely yeah. and now she doesn't have to worry about a car payment or anything like that big time just pays her own insurance and she gas. cry she didn't cry but she hugged me a thousand times she's like oh uh, that was gonna be a porsche but no this is great this is um... oh oh yeah it was all fun and games until we get there and then like we're we're in the, we're at the uh the cubicle going over all the paperwork you know they try to upsell you on like oh, yeah we'll make sure you get the electronic uh, protection package because oh. sometimes the screen goes she's like well you know like maybe we do want to be secure or whatever like, <laughs> so it goes from being like a twenty five thousand dollar car to like a thirty three thousand dollar car yeah. and you're like okay yeah for sure fine mom <laughs> it <laughs> totally would be okay. nice it does get cold in ohio oh yeah so I got the car, and then you know I'm better. I'm a better driver with warm butt, Matt. I've always said that. Oh, my, you have no idea. There was two. There was two versions of the same car, basically. That she was trying to decide behind, trying to decide between, and it was like a four thousand dollar difference. And she was like, "Well, you know, in the summertime we do get a lot of sun, so like a sunroof would be kind of nice." But you know, I don't. But whatever you want to do, you know, whatever. Oh, I'm, I, don't, yeah. I don't need it. Yeah, I don't need like, it. Yeah. But it would make you happier if you had of the sunroof and the seats. Yeah. Little stuff like that. Uh, so that was for her. That was the first. Like that was the first thing I wanted to do. And then for me, this is so nerdy, and this goes back to the history thing we were talking about. I was in Mount Vernon for D- in D.C. like mm. two weeks ago, and we were going through the gift shop, and they had a, this whole aisle of like uh, these like historical coins and different levels of like currency and stuff like that. They're all authentic. They're from like the 1700s. They're old as shit. They range from like $100 to like $1,200. Yeah. And I was looking at them, I'm like, this would be kind of like a cool thing to own. So like, just something from that old that you can hold in your own hands. Yeah. Uh, and I was looking at them, and she was like, well, if you like historical currencies, we have these, these like, framed things. That's, like, kind of, I would say it's, like, probably, like, the half half the size of this table. And it's this giant framed photo frame, and it's glass protected. And inside of it is a piece of original currency that was printed by either um, by either Ben Franklin or uh, Paul Revere. It was both of them. It was either of them printed each one of these pieces of paper, and they're each a, uh, an original piece of currency from the original 13 colonies. So I bought that. Oh, my God. 
dude. It was like ten grand. Dude, at heart, you're an 82 year old man from dude, Tulsa, I'm Oklahoma. So old, bro. I'm so old. You, but, I had I had to do it, man. Like, dude, I got the first bullet from like World War II <laughs> that was ever shot into have, a Jewish guy's fucking skull. Yeah, I dude, the that, booger, the flew the, out of the Lincoln's booger, nose Lincoln's when he got booger. assassinated. I got Hitler's toenail. Yeah, I would buy weird shit like you that. You would, yeah, all day. All right, bro. well, there's, I mean, dude, there's something for everybody out there, and. Uh, there's something for everybody out there like Matt Rife's TikTok and comedy and Instagram. You're a beast uh, at Matt Rife on TikTok and Instagram. Absolutely. If anybody's selling like uh, a thread of Harriet Tubman's pubes, <laughs> I will buy that for. Uh, a, You're a not joking, price. and that's why I love you. I would so buy that. Yeah, How could dude. you not? Everyone's got a price, and when you're making this cash, also some people like art, some people like shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with being like having an eclectic, historic yeah, uh, stuff like that? It's also an investment. You know what I mean? Like, she, they had told me I'm only like the tenth person to ever buy one of these in like the twenty years they've been selling them, and the price goes up each time. So you're cornering the market. People, yeah, you're gonna buy all this shit when it's hot. And then you're gonna sell it high, and you're exactly. gonna be holding I this. Ever, I hope I never have. You're to. gonna do a show at Medieval Times, but it's oh also an auction. God. It's also an auction. Hear me out. Where you're selling like all this, it's not even Matt Rife merch anymore. It's like Matt Rife's merch is his like historical artifacts he's bought up. Like I'm like my own antiques roadshow. Bro, here's Obama's first blunt. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> um, your own antiques roadshow. Great place for a special, bro. That will be so. This is much a great fun. idea, actually. You do it there, but then with that audience, but then maybe you're also. I don't know. Did I'm spitballing? This sounds like it's a good idea. It's weird that I, I know I probably could do it now, but once I'm like, I fully believe I can sell out like anywhere at any time. I would love to do a whole tour of like all these historical venues, even off kilter places that aren't like necessarily known for shows. Sky's the limit. You know what's gonna happen. You're probably gonna do a fucking show on the moon. Um, oh my god! And uh, and then like be the first one to do like an inner space, like Martin Short. Remember when he went inside? If you haven't seen Inner Space, Martin Short gets in a little spaceship and they put him inside Dennis Quaid's body. You're going to do that, but go inside of a, a vagina. And I bet there will be no shortage of women that are like, please, I will be the first recipient of the special inside the vagina. I just hope I get to pick. I really, <laughs> I really hope I get you to pick. Not. Well, you do not. Well, you know, there's, it's like door number one, door number two, door number three. It's a, it's a, a 25-year-old, a 50-year-old, and a 96-year-old. And fucking, you got to pick correctly, Indiana Jones style, and that's where you do the special. I, you know, honestly, I'm kind of hoping for the 90-year-old. Yeah. Any pussy that's been more that's space, been I don't nom, know. Yeah. I'm like, it just feels like there might be cave paintings in there. Like, you don't know what's in there that bro. you will buy. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Rife, uh, OnlyFans, and Matthew Stephen Rife uh, specials. New ones coming out. I'd say go see him on tour. 2024 is just around the corner. Yeah, we're adding some theaters. Be patient. Okay, good. MattRife.com for all that, right? Yep. MattRifeOfficial.com. Okay. Perfect. Uh, bro, I love you. Love you too, man. Big time. Thanks for making time. Yeah, you got it. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.